0: Welcome to a new episode of the Big Idea, Big Moves podcast, the new voice of voice of success. We all want to feel successful and fulfilled in our lives, but that can be a bumpy road. Through the experiences, journeys, and advice of our guests here on Big Idea Big Moves, we will help you get a jump start on experiencing and cultivating whole life success. Be ready to take notes. Every episode has action items that you can apply to your own life right away. Okay, let's get this started. I will now pass you over to the host of Big Idea Big Moves, Jamie Allison.
1: Hi again, everybody. I'm Jamie Allison and this is the Big Idea, Big Moves podcast. This is the destination for high performers. We talk to people from different genres, different niches, just people doing really cool things in their space. Um, and we've talked to CEOs, we talked to athletes, we talked to entrepreneurs, just people that are really making an impact in their areas. I talk a little bit about some of the things that uh, they've experienced through their journey and, and things that hopefully we can translate into our own lives as well. Um, so I know I have one of those today, really cool story that. I know we're going to go into Um, just before we jump into that. If you've been listening to the podcast for a while, you'd know that uh, we have a connection with Epitome Sportswear. And um, the thing that really appeals um, to us about them, two things, really. One is that their kind of sportswear isn't just kind of high performance. It's also things where um, for those people, they're just trying to have kind of some whole life success and um, be able to go out and hike and and maybe go uh, watch their child's um, hockey game, whatever it happens to be. Um, you know that you'll find something there that uh, that I'm sure that uh, will fit that Um, the other side is is that they uh, think that it's very important to give back to the communities they serve as do we and they are working to impact the inequities and opportunity um, for girls and women in sport and for that reason a portion of their profits go directly to organizations and initiatives that support girls in sport so um, really cool from that end so you can take a look in our bio you can go directly to there and uh, or you can go Um, directly to their website which is epitome sportswear e-p-i-t-o-m-e sportswear.com so check that out and um hopefully make an impact at the same time. Uh, so I'm really happy to have Sarah Valani. Um, she's fresh off an appearance at the Winter Olympics, where she and her partner placed 12th in the two-woman bobsleigh event. Um, she made her IBSF World Cup debut uh, in January of 2021. Lots of funky stuff around the pandemic and everything else that I'm sure we'll talk about. Um, and that, at the time, was with uh, Christine De Bruin. She achieved a, a career-high fourth-place finish at that time. And during last year's World Cup season and the Olympics, Olympics, um, she was reunited and paired with Melissa Lutholtz. Um, Before bobsleigh, she uh, won the Canadian junior title in the heptathlon in 2015 and went on to finish sixth at that year's Pan Am Junior Championships. In 2016, she won the OUA title in the pentathlon, and in her final year at Western University, she won the silver medal in the shot put at the 2019 U Sports Championships. So um, an accomplished athlete either way, um, but you know, first of all, Sarah, welcome to the show, but I'll also, just uh, maybe we can kind of start about you had a pretty cool experience. I would assume uh, recently, tell us a bit about the experience of going to your first Olympics.
2: Yeah. Uh, thank you so much for having me. Um, yeah, the Olympics, from what I was told, it was very different com- uh, compared to past Olympics and even just past world cup seasons. Like obviously with COVID it's just so different. Yeah. Um, I really, I had a wonderful time. Um, it was, yeah, it it truly never really hit me that I was at the Olympics. Um, yeah. I think partly just because the way that the villages were set up, we were with the um, the Bob, the other, like, the bobsleigh athletes, the skeleton athletes, the luge athletes, and um, Ski Alpine was there as well. Mm-hmm. Um, but we saw a lot of familiar faces with bobsleigh and skeleton. So it was almost as if we were still, like, on World Cup season, which yeah. I don't complain about because oftentimes, like, when you have the allure of the Olympics, like the nerves kick in, the panic starts to happen. And that didn't really happen for me. I felt pretty good maybe up until the night before that's when I kind of, I started to get nervous. But that's okay. It was just like, I I just realized it was kind of like, okay, the, um, the weight of the Olympics was starting to hit me a little bit, but for the, you know, it didn't really hit me otherwise um and i loved beijing uh it's beautiful there the i think between october and february we probably spent almost eight weeks in beijing or like seven to eight weeks yeah. we probably had four bad days of weather like and yeah. i use that loosely it was just kind of like a little rainy or a little bit gloomy um, or, s- like, just snowing. Otherwise, it was always sunny. Um, the mountains are absolutely beautiful. And honestly, it's my favourite bobsled track. Like, it's such a fun track.
1: Really? Well, and yeah. and so that's the one thing a lot of people wouldn't think of is, is also that, yeah, because of how things were done this year is that you you would have had a connection with your team that's probably even, you know, it's it's like a regular kind of season event for you and, and you know, with some heightened peace once you start thinking about it. But, um, you know, did, did you find... Uh, Because you went through the pandemic at a time, uh, you know, you didn't, um, um, you know, uh, some of the teams and and I know the Canadian team didn't get to compete as much for a period of time as maybe a few of the others and things like that. Did you find, um, you know, was the team building part, was it easier, harder during that time period? And what was it like leading up to the Olympics?
2: I think within Team Canada, we've done like, we're pretty good at um, managing like personalities and like getting along with each other of I would say like majority of the time, um, we are on the road, like this past year, like I had been gone from Ontario for, I think eight months, give or take. And I think I was away from Canada for about four or five months. So it was a long time on the road. Um, and obviously like with heightened stresses and stuff, it's just, it's, it's a long time away from home. Um, but team building, like I would say, like we do a really great job, like the athletes are doing really well at like getting along and like, um, yeah, just like being good with like cool with each other, I guess. Yeah. Um, Yeah. And then, but what I found was it's difficult, like, again, as I was told, like, even my experience with bobsled has been completely different than past years, Mm -hmm. just because we can't really interact with the other like international athletes. Right. So that was an aspect that I was missing, and I actually got the opportunity to go to Lake Placid just recently to learn how to pilot a bobsled. Yeah. And I got to interact more with the other athletes, um, and I realized I was like, "Wow, like this is what I was missing." Like, yeah. Um, this like where you make friends from around the world, and like you tell stories, and like you have the same experience and yet different, and like um, I didn't realize that until, or like I didn't truly get to experience it until Lake Placid.
1: Yeah, and and that's um one thing that you did mention about learning to pilot is that is that something that you want to be able to do? Because obviously there there is a uh, once you get more experienced and things like that, that is something that uh, is a bit of a progression in your sport as well. Is that something that you have as a goal?
2: It's a very common transition to go from brakeman to pilot, and I know I don't know how other federations work, but I know like with the Canadian Federation, we like to um. Like have an athlete be a brakeman or a brake person yep. for about a year, and then they go to piloting just to like learn the sport, learn different aspects of the sport. Sorry, my dog is. A... It's okay. So it learn no <laughs> aspects of the sport, and yeah. Um, uh yeah, and also getting a feeling of the track. It's yeah. pretty important. So um yeah, so it is a common transition. It's something that I'm thinking about because yeah, I obviously got the experience for the first time. Um, yeah. And it's just, it's different. Yeah. You're all of a sudden you see the speed and you're like,
0: Whoa. Yeah. Yeah, I guess
1: that's true. When you're at the back, it's kind of uh, one, I just have to push and then get in and then tuck. Right. And so you don't see, and you have to kind of feel your way to where you are in the course. Right.
2: There's definitely times where I can feel that we're going faster and I'll get out of the sled and be like, Oh, were we going faster? And it's like, Oh yeah. Like, yes, we were. Or maybe it was like, ah, it might've just been like, Like the ice isn't necessarily faster it was just a better run or like the runners are a little bit better like but yeah it's like you can definitely like feel it but i've never actually seen it coming at me and it's like whoa that's different
1: (laughs) i bet i bet Uh, now one thing that you have uh, your sport is um is one that uh, a lot of people are have excelled in other sports before they kind of jump into bobsleigh so um and and i know obviously from what we said before you were like that um talk to us a little bit about how did how did you find it how did you find that was a sport that was even something that you wanted to do and and what was the transition like for you
2: yeah I actually um never wanted to do bobsled yeah I remember <laughs> seeing it on tv it's super cool to watch and like I think the classic like Disney cool runnings movie like so yeah. many people know that and unfortunately always bring it up <laughs> like, <I hate laughs> I bobsled and it's like ah yeah okay um but it's good it gets us um publicity and stuff, I guess. But yeah, yeah, so I never really envisioned myself, um, frankly, going to the Olympics at all. Like I used to be a gymnast. And as I've said to people, I was a really bad gymnast, like in the sense that in the sense that like, I didn't necessarily place very well. I was way too tall for the sport. I was too inflexible. And I actually ended up getting quite a few mental blocks as I was getting taller and stuff. And so I didn't, you know, I wasn't constantly on the podium in gymnastics, so I never thought that I could even like compete for Canada, let alone like, Olympics was off the table. Yeah. Um, And then when I saw bobsled, it's like, oh, like that's for crazy people. Like that's <laughs> like that's for extreme like extreme adrenaline junkies kind of thing. Yeah. And essentially, in 2018, I did this. um, I call it a combine. It's it's the RBC training ground, mm-hmm. and it's I it's kind of like an OHL or NFL combine, yep. um, where they t- test like just your raw physical power. And I ended up winning. I set a couple records um, and then I got recruited to a couple different sports. And one of them was bobsled. And I got to experience what it was like to go down in a bobsled in December of 2018. And my first rundown was actually a crash. Um, oh, really? But, wow. <laughs> yeah. And um, a lot of people, like, especially other bobsledders, you tell them that and you're like, they're like, wow, good on you for coming back. I'm like, yeah, I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, well, we were going slow though." And they're like, "Yeah, but still, your first time and you crashed and then you came back." I was like, "Yeah." They're like, "Good, good for you." Um, but yeah, so I finished the week um as a brakeman in the in that experience experiential week and then I went home and I was like, I told my mom I was like, I'm going to do bobsled. Yeah. <laughs> so that's and then I finished my university degree, um finished with shotput, where I got second at the university e-sport um, competition. Um, and then that summer I started kind of more training specifically for bobs or like adding in more specific bobsled training, which was yep. more just adding in more sprinting because yeah. I was doing javelin throw as well. Um, so I just had to sprint more. Um, and then that next year I went to bobsled.
1: Now, did you that- find it's, it's interesting because I've talked to a few different people that have done transitions into the sport. Yeah. Um, and depending on what sports they're coming from there, there can be a big leap or can be a small, because of the focus on explosive power and things like that. Um, now looking at a lot of your background that may not have been as much, like what was the biggest challenge for you compared to, or was it a big challenge at all? Because some Um, of the sports are more related that you do.
2: Yeah. So a a very common transition is track and field to bobsled. Mm -hmm. Um, it's very, very common and even like rugby or like football like american football going into bobsled some people like there is a certain like you can get very very fast um and strong track athletes and they don't know how to push like they just can't um figure it out but for some it's very natural i would say for me i was lucky in the sense that like it was very natural for me Um, i figured it out pretty quickly and luckily i have like a very good coach and he knows what he's talking about. His name is Alex Kopach, who's the 2018 gold medalist as a breakman. Um, So I was very lucky to um, be taken under his wing kind of thing. And then like, he's been my personal coach for about two years and um, yeah, I I learned how to push because of him and I've been able to be successful because of him. Um, But there was I will admit there was some just natural inclination to know how to push for myself. Um, So it was not necessarily a difficult transition for me. Um, What's interesting or like what you have to get used to is actually being in the bobsled and you can't really train for that. It's like, you just have to do it.
1: Yeah, it, it was interesting. I I just recently talked to Colleen Foch, who was yeah. um on with the U.S. group, um, and uh, her thing. The first time she went down, it was just uh, her, her discussion around. It. I just didn't want to fall out, and <laughs> like I just wanted yeah, to get in.
2: Her first experience was Lake yeah. Placid, which is like
1: yeah, <laughs>
2: <laughs> Lake Placid's a rough. It's a
1: rougher track. Yeah. Yeah. Wow, interesting. Um, so one other thing that a lot of people might not realize, as an amateur athlete, it's probably, um, it's probably difficult sometimes to be able to balance training with whatever you have to do outside of that, and um, sponsorships, and, and probably playing a little more active role in sponsorships than, than some other things as well. Um, how do you do that? Like, how do you tackle balancing those things? And, and especially <laughs> as you come out of an Olympic year, it's a little different in an Olympic year probably uh... than, than later.
2: Yeah. During an Olympic year, I will, I was very fortunate that, um, a few companies, um, like for instance, I'm with the RBC Olympian program because yep. of like my success in the RBC training ground, I got accepted into that program. So that's really helped me. Mm-hmm. And we have a wonderful program called can fund in Canada who like they're not for profit and they help athletes. And if like, if they didn't step in, I would be in a way different position. Yeah. Um, and I also had a couple other like personal sponsorships that like, you know, very close family friends, like the McKernan family, they helped me get some sponsors and, um, yeah, it's, it's been, um, it definitely takes a village. Um, and as I've said, it's like, you know, it takes a whole team to raise one athlete. And it's like, it's not just me pushing the bobsled. It's like, it's my coaches, it's my dietitian. It's all these sponsors that come in and managing it is tough. Luckily, because of my results, um, from previous, I did get, um, higher carding. So that also mm-hmm. is more like higher salary, basically. Yes. Um, but still like it's, it's expensive. The sport amateur sports is expensive and yeah. managing it. It's sometimes I think you like, you have to learn when to almost just focus on the, on the athletic portion. Cause you're like, my results will speak for themselves. Yeah. Or like, yeah, it's a bit of a give and take and it's this careful dance and um, I'm still learning it because honestly it is um, it's tough. It's uh, being your own, I guess, entrepreneur and learning how to sell yourself is a skill that takes a lot of practice.
1: Yeah. Like a a lot of people don't realize that you almost have to have a, you have to have your, your core kind of what you do, but also have a bit of a, almost a business development piece attached to it, which is, which is odd. You know, a lot of people, if you are, kind of truly like in a, a, um, professional thing, they don't have to worry about that. And, and that is something that, um, you know, is, is difficult, I'm sure. So, um, you know, the other thing is, is that, um, <laughs> You know, you talk about some of the goals that you have coming up and obviously after being at, um, you know, one Olympics so far and, uh, um, you know, I'm sure and you're young. So there's there's probably lots of things that you're trying to figure out. First of all, you know, how do you how do you figure out what you want to do over the next little while? Like, do you do you have very specific goals you set out or uh, do you work that way or is it something where you kind of just um, go along with kind of the results that you're having? How, how does that work for you?
2: For me, it's a bit like, um, it sounds a bit, I guess, hippy dippy, but almost meditating on it. And it's like, does it feel right? Like, what, um, what is my gut telling me to do? Um, And that's kind of what I go off of. It's like, I don't know, I think your intuition speaks for a lot. Like, sometimes you get those red flag moments where you're like, Oh, I don't, I don't feel right about this. And so it's kind of going off of that where it's like, what? How am I feeling about this situation? Um, does this seem like? Are there red flags or are there green flags or are there yellow flags? Yeah. Um, so it's a bit of bit more of like I would say a feeling that I go off of, um, but I also like to think logically um, and go, okay, even though this feels good, is it log- like logistically does it make sense? Does it make yeah. sense for me to do X, Y, and Z? So. Um, I guess I take like a bit of a, yeah, logical standpoint, but also like hippy dippy of like, okay, does this feel good? (laughs) Yeah
1: well and that's i think most people do they might just not admit that that's how yeah. they're going to go through it that's uh, but yeah. that's that's exactly it I, I mean i think it's it's kind of a mix of the two i think you have to have that um you know one one thing that i'm sure especially heightened during the olympics but at any time is that um you know you are uh, you're a, a young female athlete that has done lots already Lots of, um, I'm sure, young girls were watching during kind of the Olympics and, uh, and the run up to that. Uh, how is that to, to know that, you know, you're, you're impacting a, a lot of other young girls and opening up a sport that maybe, you know, you even mentioned that it wasn't something that was even on your radar before. Um, your story probably ins- will inspire others as well. How, what's, what's that like?
2: I genuinely hope that I inspire girls to stay in sports. Like, again, I come from a gymnastics background and it's very, very common for girls to stop at about 13, even like in most sports, it's like we stop around 13. Mm -hmm. Um, And I remember when I was gymnastics coaching, I was speaking with a couple of girls who are around that age, give or take. And I was like, okay, like you're going to stop gymnastics. What's next? And she's like, what do you mean? And I was like, well, what sports would you like to like do you want to continue doing sports and she's like i don't know maybe i just don't know what i would do and i was like well have you thought about track and field like a lot of gymnasts become pole vaulters Mm -hmm. and um she's like oh is that why the the school coach keeps asking me to do pole vault and i was like yes that's exactly why (laughs) um so i really like even a girl that i used to do gymnastics with she is a bronze medalist in half pipe skiing and like how cool is that? She just kind of stuck with it. And, um, the sports that you do as a kid can leap you into something different and wonderful. And so I really do hope that girls realize like, just because you're 13 and maybe you don't want to do figure skating anymore or swimming or gymnastics, it's like, it doesn't mean you have to stop doing sports. It's like there are other options available. Um, and luckily like there seems to be, um, like my experience with the RBC training ground, it's like, now that we have um, a program implemented like that, it's like, it's very easy and simple for someone to go, I don't know what sport um, I could potentially transition into. I'll go to this combined and see like what sports approach me. Yeah. Um, so I do, I really do hope that um, maybe I'm a part, a small part of the, the story or the inspirational piece of, there are more doors up op- like doors are opening for you, and there are other sports you can do.
1: Yeah, and uh, did you have, um, do you have specific mentors or people that kind of have inspired you um, as as your journeys kind of started?
2: I think I was really fortunate because my parents um, were very, especially my mom. Like she was very like, if this is what you want to do, then we'll help you. So like, I always had like, I guess, an inclination to continue doing sports. Um, So even after I stopped gymnastics, I was doing school sports Um, and thankfully, like my coach in high school, like Mr. Fontana, like he was very, very uh, patient with me and he would, um, you know, especially with track and field, I would be like, I want to do shot put. And he'd be like, okay, I want to do javelin. Okay. I want to do the 300 meter hurdles. Okay. I want to do triple jump. Okay. And he was really like um, helpful in that, that he would just like kind of help me navigate through and like, let me try all these things. Um, Cause yeah, I don't think if I, if I didn't have like my parents and my high school coach, like encouraging me and allowing me to try. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't know if I would have stuck with anything.
1: Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, no, and and that is such a big part of it is is making people feel comfortable to be able to kind of try different new things, which I know we're going to we're going to jump into again in a second. But one thing that um, I I did wonder about is as well, is that when when you're going through that kind of process um, to figure out, you know, what is it that you want to do? Because I I mean, I know some of it is that um, you had some injuries at one point, I know, and things like that. there's a certain resilience that gets you through some of those things for you. Um, where does that come from? Like, is it something that you, do you think resilience can kind of be learned or is it something that you um, had innate in you to, to, be able to kind of challenge yourself all those different times?
2: It's a bit of a chicken or an egg question. Yeah. Yeah. Um, <laughs> I, I genuinely think resilience can be taught and learned. Um, if you believe like that, you can do it. Um, I think like, even after my first year of bobsled, I genuinely didn't know if I wanted to return. I was like, I don't know if I can, I went through a series of, I basically went through four crashes in a row and I was mentally just like, didn't know how to handle it. I didn't know what to do. Um, I felt very lost. I, um, yeah, I just felt, I, I had the misconception that, um, I just wasn't brave. Um, but then through the summer and like again with my coach Alex Kopach, like he really, really had to try and work with me to build my confidence and like learning how to be like resilient. So for instance, a great thing to work on confidence and or at least in my case and resilience was squatting, because I hate I I used to really hate squatting. I now it's better. I've gotten better as my form has gotten better. Um, I would be so scared when the weight started to get heavy and I was like, I can't get back up. And he would be like, I want you to say like, I can do this before you go. And he's like, visualize yourself being successful. And that's what we worked on. And then like, as weeks went on, it was like, oh, like I am I can do this. I can do this. And, you know, maybe there was one or two times where I had to drop the bar and he's like, that's okay. Like yeah. we rework it, like we fix it. Like, how do we get better for next time? And then like, I started doing ice baths because ice baths are, no, I, I don't know many people who enjoy
1: <laughs>
2: so. using water, yeah. um, but that's something that it, Teaches you how to be resilient and how to work through something that's painful. And you have to learn how to calm yourself down in a very stressful situation. Um, so I do believe resilience can be taught, worked on, worked through. Um, yeah, just like you might have to think outside of the box things. It'd be like, how can I, you know, how, how, because like, I can't sit in a bobsled during the summer. Right. Um, Like, how do I work on that um, stress piece and working on that and how to be resilient?
1: Yeah. It's, it's, um, there's somebody, the CEO of uh, Spartan, I think he calls it, um, you know, designed, um, uh, I don't know, it's it's some, some kind of design stress or something similar to that, where it's kind of trying to figure out how do you put yourself through the stress that you might have in another situation so that you can get used to it in some ways. So um, uh, it's interesting. And you've, uh, you've mentioned you have a really good kind of connection with your coach and, and things like that. I mean, one of the things right now is that I know your Federation's having some challenges around kind of, you know, leadership and culture and things like that. Has that, affected you at all from that end and like it, it, it that's a it's a tough PR thing I think for your federation right now
2: a very tough PR thing I genuinely hope that um things get resolved in a positive manner um yeah. because I frankly don't know how they're going to get the, themselves out of this hole um, yeah yeah but I think Majority of athletes have experienced some sort of negative um, aspect from the Federation one way or another. Um, and I'll be honest, I'm included. So mm-hmm. um, it's unfortunate. Um, but yeah, I just hope that this gets re- like brought to light as it is. Um, and even we see a lot of other sports saying, this sounds very yeah. similar to our sport. Um, yeah. So it's creating a lot of dialogue and discussion, which I think is really good. Um, And yeah, Canadian athletes, I think, I think we need help. Um, Yeah.
1: Yeah. Well, and and there's been, I mean, if there is a good side to it, it is that there is such a connected front from all of the athletes, which shows that, you know, that that's a, a, a good thing from that end too. And hopefully something changes there to, to be able to, to make it a, A more welcoming environment for people and and not just your sport i'm sure it happens all over the place as well so um you know so one of the things that we ask everybody because you obviously have um you know you've moved sports a number of different times you've really kind of jumped into some of those things um a lot of times where it can be probably pretty pretty scary to go from something that you're quite comfortable with something you're completely not comfortable with. Um, you know, lots of people have that experience, whether it's athletics or anything else. Do you have um, a couple of uh, things that work for you when you're kind of to, to help you figure out that you're going to jump into a challenge that you know, is making you uncomfortable?
2: I think like, I guess it depends on how you view the world and how things happen to you. But I think sometimes when opportunities present themselves, it's often because it's a positive thing it'll be positive like for me the opportunity of bobsleigh came to be for me and I happened to say yes and now I'm an Olympian and I if you asked my 12 year old self that or even my 14 year old like you know go down the age groups I would have never I would have been like no 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 Olympics are not for me and it's like but because I said yes to this opportunity now I'm doing something that like I never would have imagined so I think if things are getting brought to you, meditate on it, think about it. Does it logically make sense? Say, say yes. Cause you never know what's going to happen. You never know. Even if someone's offering you like, I don't know, a, a free cup of coffee, it's like, maybe that's a business connection that now you're going to know because you mm-hmm. ask for their name and like, suddenly you're talking with this person. It's just, you never know when you say yes to these opportunities. Um, so yeah. And like, even. That's great. Yeah.
1: Yeah. No. And, and you know what? It's it's kind of one of those things. It, regardless of who you talk to, whether it's athletes like you, or uh, maybe a CEO or an entrepreneur, things like that, they they always say the same thing: is that it's because I've been open to the opportunity and kind of pushed myself to be able to to get past the discomfort at the start, because it's always been a, a almost always been a good reward at the end of it. So. Um, if people are trying to follow you and what you're doing, you know, Sarah, I mean, I know that you're active on kind of social media and things like that. What are some of the best ways to to be able to follow you over the next little while?
2: Yeah, I would say I'm a little bit better at Instagram, which my handle is like a villain. Um, My Twitter um, sort of on there sometimes, but it's like a villain 13. Essentially, if you just look up like a villain, it's either like a villain or like a villain 13. Um, So yeah, I'm, yeah, I'm around social media. You know, I even I even do TikTok so every now and again. Once in a blue Congratulations. moon. Congratulations! Uh, but uh, yeah, Instagram is a little bit I would say easier. Um, yeah, so that's where you can find me and follow, keep up with what I'm doing. Cool. Maybe see well, videos of my dog.
1: Yeah, like that. Yeah, the important stuff, right? So yeah, the important wh- stuff. <laughs> We'll make sure that we put those in the show notes, so that that way people can click right through if they if they have a hard time finding it. I don't think you will like that's it's uh, there's some great stuff on there. So make sure that you follow what uh, you're doing, Sarah. And I know over the next little while it'll be really interesting to follow your path and see kind of how things uh, move forward. Um, you know, I, I guess if to anybody listening, if you haven't hit subscribe on the podcast, do that right now too. We have great people like Sarah every week, and uh, um, you know, again, you know, I know I know actually uh, people listening won't know this but um, we're recording at a time where Sarah is getting ready to jump to the airport right now. So I, so thank you so much for taking the time to do this. We really appreciate it and, uh, and have a great trip as well. Thank
2: you. Thank you so much.
1: All right. And uh, we will talk to everybody else again on big idea, big moves
0: thanks for listening to the big idea big moves podcast be sure to drop us a comment on Apple podcasts and follow us on instagram at big idea underscore big moves we love to hear your feedback till next time remember big change comes from small consistent actions.